So the big question is this, how do value-obsessed leaders ascend their business and life to world-class levels of effectiveness, even if they're inside a bureaucracy or starting from scratch with absolutely no capital? That is the question, and this podcast is going to bring you the answer. My name is Doug Utberg, and this is the Terminal Value Podcast. Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast. We have Mark Ritter with us today. That is uh, M-A-R-K-R-I-T-T-E-R at, wait for it, markritter.com. And what we're going to be talking about is the secrets of small business financing. Uh, and so this happens to be Mark's area of specialty. And I think it's a part of small business that's really easy to overlook because, you know, of course, we, we all think about, all right, how do you do your operations? How do you set up your marketing systems? How do you, you know, acquire and lead people? But and you know, most small businesses are going to require some financing unless you're going the extreme bootstrap route. Uh, and even if you go the bootstrap route, there's a good chance that at some point you will need to bring in some financing. Uh, Mark, please introduce yourself. And uh, as a uh, ground rule of all my podcast episodes, don't let me talk too much. Sure. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for having me. Uh, as you said, my name's Mark Ritter. I'm the CEO of MBFS and also our fintech subsidiary, New Direction Lending. And we are we specialize in helping people get financing through credit unions. We are a credit union owned company and work with credit mm-hmm. unions all across the United States to help people. Well, and that, that's that's really interesting because I would imagine that most people probably don't think of credit unions as your your first go to option for small business financing. I have been in credit unions now for twenty years. And when I started, credit union bit small business lending was a nothing industry. Uh-huh. Now credit unions are uh, funding over $40 billion a year. And now it's still my biggest challenge is getting people to consider a credit union for their small business lending. It, it, it just that they love it. Over 130 million Americans belong to credit unions. But yeah. people just don't think about it, knocking on that door to help them out with their small business needs and where better off to get that loan than where you already have that relationship. Well, and uh, so you know, for, for the education of the uh, listeners and myself, um, what are some of the key differences between uh, go, you know, pursuing financing through a credit union versus, say, like, you know, one of, you know, one of the nationally named banks, right? You know, the Chase, Wells Fargo, U.S., uh, Bank of America, those types of folks. Absolutely. People drive past their credit union. They might be driving past a credit union when they listen to this and they see a teller line, they see ATMs, they know they can get their car loan, but they don't know what the heck a credit union is. They just know it's a place their parents signed up for an account years ago. And what a credit union is, and it's very structured that really makes it different, is a not-for-profit financial cooperative. Uh Uh-huh. It's ran by the members for the people who have accounts in the area. The board of directors is democratically elected, so they're not just going to merge it out to sell to the credit union or bank down the street to cash out and make a bigger piece. And ultimately, that is the philosophical difference that people makes people friendlier to the credit union and the credit unions friendlier to the people in their community. Yeah, We will work with 
the smallest of the small, and maybe you're starting your business and you need an SBA loan. Maybe you just need that truck loan. Maybe we do uh, a much bigger loans and we're there to mature, to go with you as your business matures. Yeah. But you can generally, well, you asked one of the keys and I'll, I'll finally answer is what makes it different is credit unions are not out of the box lenders where they're uh-huh. going to put you through a widget, come out with an answer, yes or no, and that's it and move on and here's your product. We like to have the conversation. We like to be that community lender and part of the lending process where we can devise something that works for you. So it's much more of a relationship-based approach than some of the mega lenders out there. Gotcha. Gotcha. And uh, okay. So, well, I think that the relationship-based approach is probably going to be helpful, especially if you have a lot of people with small businesses where you don't currently have a lot in the way of provable assets that you can or want to put up for collateral, uh, you know, and or, uh, you, you know, and or aren't being backed by like, say, you know, by a national franchise, you know, like say, if you're like, I mean, see, if you're opening up like a McDonald's or a UPS store, uh, you know, you'll have people, tr- you'll have people who will be willing to bank you all day long. Uh, but on the other hand, if you're, if you're doing something that's a little more niche, uh, then you probably need to have some need to have a conversation with somebody. Otherwise you're gonna have a really hard time uh, getting finance to start up. One of the pieces that's really concerned me over the last few years is the rise of what I call the quick, fast business lenders. Uh They're all over the news. You can Google them up on the internet and find a hundred of them. And they're all, I almost equate it to getting a, becoming, getting a payday loan for a consumer. You get it. It feels good. You got your money, but the terms of these tend to be so onerous that they can really put your business in a death spiral. Well, so if, we, if you don't mind me asking, yeah, let's unpack that a little bit because, you know, and uh, yeah, I apologize. I kind of, I interrupted you. So nope, go ahead uh, ahead. I'll slap myself on the wrist, but uh, so just kind of walk through, uh, walk me through what kind of like typical terms, terms and conditions rates ish. Now, again, this will all be subject to changes, but generally speaking, what I found is, you know, rates and terms tend to change over time, but the differential in rates and terms between you know, between, as you'd say, right, the, you know, the, you know, the, the large banks, the, um, the credit unions, and kind of the, uh, what you would call the business pawn shops, uh, the differential tends to be pretty similar. So, you know, if we take a snapshot, we can at least get an idea to compare and contrast. Uh, does that make sense? Yes, a- absolutely. So if you go, and I'll name names, if you go on to the sure. Ondex or Cabbage or some of these other folks out there, you can be paying 35, 40% net interest rates. And many times they front, steep. they've also front, they, a lot of them will front load your interest, whether you're, you're paying it off, whether you want to or not. And the terms and repayments tend to be so quick and short that the, so many times you would just end up having to refinance these loans over and over to keep up with them. Yeah. That it it really puts a crimp in your cash flow. And sometimes you're working for these uh, predatory lenders. Now, the big banks, uh, I'll, I'll give the big banks their credit. They tend to do things very quick and efficient. Now, the good news in that is many times you go put in your business loan and they say, yes, no, here you go. Thank you. Have a good day. Yeah. 
So and if you fit in the box, you're in good shape. <laughs> if you fit in that box, you're in good shape. If you don't fit in that box or you're right on the edge, no. Uh, so, so you can get those from a from many, many of the big banks, but you know they're honest about what they do. They do yeah. it. Here you go. This is our box. It's either yes or no, and and and, and the rates. Sometimes some of them, the rates are are good, and I would say they're fair. Now, yeah. with somebody like us, that's more of a community based lender. What you find with people like us in the community based lenders is it the loan is more crafted to you. Now, that's the good part. Our, our rates and terms, our rates and terms tend to be really good. Uh, many, and, and I'll give you a good example. Anything a federal credit union does can't have a prepayment penalty. Oh, hey, there we go. So you have, we, we like to think we give people flexibility. Uh-huh. We'd like to think that we're very fair in terms of upfront costs. It's not going to be very dramatic or onerous. Yeah. A credit union, if you look at their balance sheet, they're just lending the deposits in the local community. Very few credit unions need to borrow money. So that credit unions will generally have the lowest cost of funds that you're going to see out yeah. in the lending market. Now, the, the downside of that is it's going to be a conversation. It's not going to be just that automated process. So you might, you're going to want to plan for that. Heck, the, guy, the, the, the man or woman might want to take you to lunch and talk through your business to see what's yeah. going on and how they can help you to make sure they understand. Well, and although, but one of the things I would think about too, with the conversation, it means you also have a chance to negotiate because, well, like, for example, yeah. you're talking about if credit unions are lending out funds that are de- uh, in deposit to the community. Well, so, you know, if you have a type of business where you'll be holding a fair amount of capital and deposit and you keep that deposit at the credit union, that can be a very significant chip in your favor because, you know, I, I don't uh, I don't know exactly what the required reserve ratios are right now, but let's just say it's 10 percent. It's historically been right around there. That means that if you keep one hundred thousand or ten thousand dollars on deposit, the bank can make one hundred thousand dollars of loans off of that, which is very important to them because that's how banks make money is they they, they make they, they make loans and they collect interest at a higher rate than the amount of the deposits. And then they have a levering factor from the required reserve ratio. You're, you're exactly right in that um, I, I like to frame it more as a conversation and a back and forth and really structuring something that win-win yeah. uh, versus handing you the loan and saying, here you go, uh, that's it, take it or leave it. So yeah, th- this is very much a conversation because also most of the time, I, I don't know if you or your family, you know anybody who's ever got a loan through a credit union, but they're not looking to just have you as that business loan member, you know, they are looking for, hey, next time you have a car loan, consider us. If you need your child's savings account, if you need a mortgage, whereas some banks are much more of niche providers, credit unions tend to be more broad-based in their approach where they can keep working with you. Last year, we did $20,000 car loans and we did 30 something million dollar commercial real estate projects and everything in between. Well, well and I, I'm showing my age here because, uh, you know, $20,000 <laughs> is nothing for a car loan these yes. days. But, you know, I, I still think of that as being expensive. <laughs> 
and, and I understand that, you know, I think the average new vehicle sells for like 40,000 something dollars. It's uh, in my view, ridiculous. And, and I'm actually going to go on a 30 second tangent. Then I promise we'll get back on topic. Uh, just, you know, for, um, uh, what is it, uh, for, um, you know, for, for illustrative purposes, my, one, one of my general rules is I say, you know, 30 second tangents are just fine. Uh, we can go up to two minutes if it's really interesting. So, uh, but like, you know, right as of the time of this recording, used car, uh, used vehicle prices are actually increasing, meaning that a number of cars, when you buy them new, that the price actually goes up uh, over the next year or two which is complete nonsense in my view, uh, because an automobile is a depreciating asset. It has a terminal value, name of the show, the long-term value of any automobile is zero. It will eventually reach zero. It is a depreciating asset that will eventually have no real value. Uh, yeah, so that means any, any, any blip in that trajectory is an anomaly that won't continue. And so, okay, back on topic. All right. <laughs> Yeah, it, it used to be you had to have a uh, get an old Corvette or something like that to uh, keep the value or keep going yeah. up. So then it, you're, you're exactly right. These cars, you, they're going to eventually the market will correct itself. Yes, so. the market will correct itself. Correct. Correct. Well, anyway, I, I, I distracted the conversation. I apologize, but I just had to slip that one in. <laughs> We can go on tangents about the the inflation and asset prices uh, for a couple episodes. So. Yeah, easily. <laughs> well, okay, all right. One more, one more thirty second tangent. Now, so you got me on a roll here, um, which is that the uh, the impact of inflation. I think not just on asset prices, but also on tax liabilities, because I think the. In a low inflation environment, you don't really notice this so much. But what will happen is, you know, say it's you, if you can have, let's say, like a house or a, you know, so, you know, so, some type of asset that that gets the value inflated up, right? You know, because there's more money in circulation, whatever. Uh, and so then what happens is when you get when you sell it, you get taxed on what they call the accounting gain, which is the value you sold at versus the value you, the amount you paid for it. Well, a certain amount of that gain isn't real. It's inflation. It's just maintaining the purchasing power of the capital, but you still pay taxes on that. And so, you know, as long as the inflation amount is nominal, it's not such a big deal. But as we're starting to see more inflation now, and the inflation portion of asset price rises starts getting bigger, the way that you tax manage that gets really, really important. Otherwise, you can get to the point where you end up having any or all or more than all of your real gains go to taxes and you actually end up losing net purchasing power, even though you showed a profit. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, we, we're seeing this in terms of real estate investors wanting to leverage out where maybe they have temporary increase in rental power, yeah. uh, which kind of inflates those. But there's always that, you know, there always is that to me, there's always that regression to the norm and the mean, yeah. which I don't know. I, I thought we would be there at some point now. I thought we'd be there not, three years ago. <laughs> I'm going to be we're, honest. We're, 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 going to, uh, we're going to be there. Now, we're, we're, our shift is, you know, we're, we're really seeing shifts in dem demographics for your small business owners Yeah, that you That's really have to... Uh, that you really have to look at and say, okay, is it always going to be this strong? Uh, for example, uh, you are in Oregon, correct? Yep, correct. Uh, did you know or hear anybody who moved from California to Oregon? 
Yeah, only for like about the last 50 years. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, it, it's that pull from different areas and there's yeah. that offset of somebody losing in California. Mm-hmm. I'm in Pennsylvania. We're seeing shifts. Uh, people are sick of the cold and they're moving to Southern states. Yeah. Uh, so there's an incredible, you know, everybody in uh, Florida that says, wow, I can't believe it. You know, things are booming so much. Well, it, it, overall, it's that shift and, and moving things around and it's yeah. going to catch up to everybody and normalize and level out one day. Yeah. So people need to plan for that. Now, I, I think that's uh, that's really important. Um, uh, let's see. So, uh, so I think, you know, we were talking about, you know, kind of veering us back toward our prior topic. Uh, one of the things we were talking about were some of the cha- some of the differentials in, um, in rates, turns, et cetera. And so it sounds like kind of the, um, the, the, the general advice or general wisdom is that, you know, if you fit inside the big bank box, it probably will work for you to go to the big bank, although it might work for you to go to the credit union too. But, if you don't perfectly fit in the big bank box that you know, don't necessarily give up, you know, go talk to the, to the folks at the credit union because there's a good chance they can work with you and stay away from the pawn, what I call the pawn shop providers. You know, the, these are the people that are going to have the short-term high-rate onerous term loans. You just don't want any of that. Many times people think I got turned down for a loan. Mm-hmm. So that means I'm uncredit worthy. So I have to go find, do something quick. Banks and credit unions are not a homogenous industry. Yeah. You have to you have to interview your lender. You have to understand, and it's okay to interview them and walk away and say you're not a fit for me. Yeah, think of it more like shopping for a restaurant. You know, when you go out to a restaurant, you just don't treat them all the same. That they all sell the same thing. You know, we yeah. we all sell money, but we give it out differently. We all have niches. We all have markets. Uh, that we serve. And you need to find that niche for you. Just because you go to Wells Fargo and then they turned you down doesn't mean you're not a credit worthy person. Just have to shop for that fit for you. Now, if, if we come to you and say, you know what, this doesn't make sense. You can also have that conversation with us where we talk through a path on where you could get to. Yeah. We work with a lot of CDFIs and community-based lenders. Maybe you're not a fit for us, but we can get you somewhere where they can treat you nice. Yeah. Now, uh, CDFI, uh, just uh, for, for people who aren't familiar with the acronym, can you tell everybody what that means? Sure. That's a community development financial institution. Okay. Uh, they're in most major metro areas and states across the country or serving rural markets. And they really have the mission of... It getting almost kind of that, I have an idea and I want to start a business type of category. Uh-huh. Gotcha. The, you know, if you just need, maybe you just need $20,000, $30,000 to start up your new business venture and you have a real passion for it, that's a good fit. And you're going to get rates that are fair and not onerous. But also, you're also going to get a lot of counseling that you need to mm-hmm. get you there. And many times we find somebody knows how to be a good chef, but they don't know how to run a business. Yeah. And that's the crucial. Nobody ever, uh, most restaurants don't go out of business because they don't know how to make good food. Yeah. That's why they started this. It's because they run the business. And you can take that theory with any small business out there. Yeah. No, uh, precisely, precisely. Well, uh, that's, uh, I think that's all, you know, 
really, uh, I think that, well, especially for anybody who is headed down that entrepreneurial path, I think things like this are really important to understand, you know, because like, you know, even if you say, even if you have a business that you start bootstrapping at some point, you're going to want to scale, you know, and, you know, ideally it'll be okay. You know what, once you have a revenue base and you need to bring in some help or you need to buy capital, or there's, there's, there's something you need to do to be able to multiply your efforts, you will almost certainly be looking to bring in financing for that. And so I think that, you know, that's one of those reasons why understanding what that market looks like uh, is really important. And uh, there was one thing that, that kind of, that I, I pulled out of what you were saying that I wanted to make sure to uh, make clear to everybody who's listening, which is that, uh, you, you know, when, uh, you know, whenever you're in a financing relationship with a bank, you have to understand that you are providing value to the bank too, because the, the way they make money is by making loans that get paid back. And so, you know, if you take out a loan, pay it back and don't default, that is a real value that you are providing to whatever financial institution you're working with. So it's important to understand that, you know, it's not a one-sided thing. You know, they're not, they're not just giving you money because they, you know, because they think you're a nice person. They're giving you money because, you know, they're, you know, the, the financial, um, the financial engine of a bank is making loans and then getting those loans paid back with interest uh, and then levering that through the required reserve ratio. Absolutely. People need to treat it more as a relationship of equals yeah. rather than a relationship that it, they're going uh, on bended knee for the money. Precisely. Precisely. All right. Well, this has been a really good conversation so far. Um, are, there, uh, it, are there any other kind of uh, nuggets of wisdom or uh, kind of pieces of information to, uh, to hold on to as you keep going? Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, make sure to let us know uh, how we can get a hold of you, your website or websites, uh, so that we can keep the conversation going. Sure. I, if you can't have a conversation with your lend, potential lender about the process, find somebody where you can. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of work. It's a hassle to get a business loan sometime. So try to cut that off before you go. So you understand the process. Yeah. And then uh, it, it, we love to connect people with credit unions. If you've never had it uh, connected with a credit union for your business, connect with me on markritter.com. Uh, and if we can reach out to me on LinkedIn or send me a message, and if we don't have a credit union in that direct area, we have networks all across the country and can introduce you to credit unions that are uh, lending and working with small businesses in your area. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, well, Mark, I really appreciate you being on the show today. And again, that's M-A-R-K-R-I-T-T-E-R.com. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. Please feel free to visit me online at www.terminalvalue.biz where you can subscribe, find me on social, and then we can connect and just keep the conversation going. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you and I hope you have a wonderful day. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be produced in any form by any means without written permission from Business of Light, LLC. All trademarks and brands referred to herein are the property of their respective owners.